Well, if you are a visitor to the St. Clair community, I should clarify to say uh, that my name is Dave Arnold, and I'm one of the pastors on staff at St. Clair Community Church. Um, It's pretty great that we are able to do this. We are thankful for this chance. I'm going to walk us through a teaching for this morning, uh, and I just want to give two kind of small qualifiers to it. One is that uh, this teaching is going to actually happen in two parts. There's going to be a whole bunch of follow-up that comes from this teaching. That after this, you can go on to the St. Clair website and go to the resource page, which is actually a new page on our website to see a list of recommended readings and further reflections. And we'll be adding to that in the coming days, uh, including a sort of like part two video that will tease out some of the teaching from today and what we mean by when we say rule of life and how to live out some of these things in a very practical sense, given our life right now. The other qualifier that I would want to be able to offer us is that I don't know if I can speak to everyone in the same way in a moment like this. I'm sensitive to that there's this sort of strange reality that we are greatly affected by the same circumstance, but the implications of it can be drastically different for many of us. So to consider everyone in our community, that there is a huge range of emotion as for some of us, life has slowed down drastically as though someone kind of hit the pause button on life. And for others, it has accelerated at a breakneck speed. So my hope is that you would have grace if there are moments of what I'm offering that it doesn't feel like it describes your current experience or it's, it's maybe somehow remote to where you find yourself exactly right now. Let me take you back uh, about half a year ago. Matt and I uh, were sitting at Vibes. Yes, that is the Caribbean food place next to Vintage on King Street. And we were there because Vintage was full of all of you. And so we were reflecting on the words of Jesus while sharing a jerk chicken poutine, uh, as you do. And we... um, We're thinking again specifically about the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. We've said them before, but I'll I'll say them again to remind us. These these are the the words that we were um, chewing on. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Those words of recover your life just seem to ring loud and true. That there was a sense that God was inviting us into the words of Jesus to discover afresh this thriving and flourishing life, the life to the full as Jesus describes it. And so it was, it was about half a year ago that we planned to spend our time after Easter talking and teaching through this thing of how do we recover our life. 
especially because so many of us feel tired, worn out, burnt out on religion, and are actually probably just plain exhausted with the pace of life. And all that was pre-COVID as as even uh, a thought to consider. And as we thought about uh, more, but what does it look like right now to live the kind of thriving, flourishing life, to live lightly and freely? We didn't feel like we needed to look any further than our practices, the things that we already do as a community, the things that give shape to our life, our way of living the life of Jesus, these things of prayer, scripture, generosity, hospitality, and Sabbath. And so it's in light of these unusual circumstances that we all find ourselves in, we decided to jump right into that theme of recover your life now because it seems so especially relevant to learn again how to do it. It's very interesting that we still find ourselves in the middle of this church calendar season of Lent, and that Lent is about sharing in the desert wilderness experience of the Israelites and of Jesus, where many things get stripped away to remind us of our utter dependence on God. And here we are, things being peeled back comforts being dismantled and us being reduced down to what we know now matters most. I wonder if like Jesus in this time, we too are being driven into the wilderness. It says in the gospels that it was the spirit of God that sent Jesus into the wilderness And that when that time was done, specifically in Luke's gospel, it says that Jesus returned from the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. I think it's in this unique time that we are hoping and trusting, we pray that God will use the stuff that we already know, our simple practices, as a means of infusing his spirit into the life of our ordinary life. We believe that living into these practices is a discipline of discovering delight. That keeping these practices as individuals and as a community will help provide for us a sort of rule of life that will help us learn the unforced rhythms of grace in this uncertain time. Uh, I'm going to assume, probably like many of you, I've had more time at home these days than I am used to. Uh, And being at home a little more has me noticing things in the house that uh, maybe I just have glanced by a hundred times and didn't notice, or I'm paying closer attention to that thing I've always noticed, but I never put time aside to actually do anything about it. And in our home for the last eight years, I mean, since we've moved into this home, in our kitchen, our garbage can has always been next to our fridge. And it, it made sense. It was good. And then this week, it dawned on me, the garbage can should go next to the stove. It's better space. It's easier to access. It's, it's better. Let's change it. And so we moved the garbage can in a dramatic change of events in the Arnold household this week. 
And it just made sense. But I could not get over how many times I i don't even want to over a hundred times. I would say that's a, a soft estimate. I defaulted to going like we literally the garbage was there, like right next to the fridge to there. It's a matter of like 10 feet. And there's number of times where I defaulted to go to where the garbage has always been. And then I get turned around and realize, oh yeah, it's not there. And I'm going to the new spot. It, my reflex just kept kicking in to do things the way I had always known. And I constantly was having to do this readjustment. It just happened enough times that I was laughing to myself about it, even to the point where I started to feel dizzy. We're just getting turned around trying to remember where my garbage is. And I, I realized in my own little experience of that, that maybe, just maybe, that might be a bit similar to how life feels right now. That there's just all the defaults have changed. The things that we know that were just automatic and it's always been that way, just aren't looking the same as they were before. And it, it kind of changed overnight. And that we're used to things being a certain way and now it's changing. It can easily leave us feeling disorientated and dizzy or even lost and confused. And this is why I propose that when we talk about our practices, we need Sabbath as an essential practice. Because for us, it's this anchoring point. It's this sort of stake in the ground that gives us something firm to hold on to, a good default to help us navigate this new landscape. It's not just the one day a week thing, but is daily and weekly rhythms of rest that are these ongoing dedicated times where we accept Jesus's invitation to keep company with me. Choosing to keep Sabbath a fixed rhythm of rest may actually give us a sense of control that we need in a world that seems out of control right now. In all my video conversations with many folks from St. Clair this week, I think the thing I heard the most repeated was the phrase of people saying, this feels like a forced Sabbath. That this whole circumstance has, has brought life to a pause or to a screeching halt. And in fact, it feels like a hand is being forced to say, slow down. And it wasn't sh being shared with a sort of reluctance or burden, but the number of times I heard it and it came with a sense of relief. Thankful that something manually, finally managed to slow the rush of life down and allow us to catch our breath. Someone had shared with me this week that this whole coronavirus, they said, this is not a good thing, but it is teaching me good things. I, I appreciate that. What if God in all his wisdom and strength is redemptively leveraging this bad situation to invite us to rest, beckon us to be still. What if this is a rare moment in our lives and in history that this is actually an opportunity to be saved from our constant busyness, our frenetic commitments, our scattered relationships, our digital exhaustion? 
What if God in this time was calling us home to receive his promised rest? I'm going to read a scripture passage for us. If you're part of St. Clair community, you know that we talk about Sabbath often. This is, this is not new for us, um, but I wonder if uh, these words in scripture may be new or perhaps just aren't quite as familiar. So it's Isaiah chapter 30. I should have given you more uh, heads up on where to go in the Bible for this, but uh, it's right there. So Isaiah 30, Isaiah 30. And starting at verse 15. So I'm just going to read a small section of this larger chapter um, as a way of helping us think about what rest looks like right now. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand at the threat of one and at the threat of five will all flee away. Till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountain, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait on him. O people of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Then you will defile your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and you will say to them, away with you. In repentance and rest is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength. Let me just zoom out for a second to sort of give the what the lead up is in Isaiah 30 to what's going on here. God through Isaiah is cautioning and correcting his children because his children have become so prone and it, it uh, you read this in the verses before verse 15 that it says that they carry out plans that are not his. That they are ones who make plans without consulting him. That they keep looking to something else or someone else, he gives the example of Pharaoh and of Egypt, to provide protection and refuge. That God's own people start saying to their very own prophets, don't disrupt us, don't inconvenience us, just tell us pleasant things things we want to hear. It actually says, stop confronting us with God. These are God's own people who are saying this. And then God says, because you built up this wall to guard yourself, I will let it suddenly collapse and it will crumble and in, in an instant break apart like pottery. And here comes God's promise. He says, in repentance 
and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. And he knows the Israelites' heart. He says, but you would have none of it. In this moment where God is offering himself as a comfort, as a protection, as prov- giving provision, what he has always done for his people, God's children are like, nope. And they run away to the places that they've always gone. But, says in verse 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. Weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Would it be fair to say that this moment for some of us perhaps more than we've ever known, feels like we've been given the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion, that God would be graciously bringing us to a place of repentance and rest of quietness and trust. Talking about the Sabbath is not new for us at St. Clair. We've talked about it plenty before, and we will keep coming back to it because it is in discovering God's promised rest just seems so definitive to the identity of his people. I think a lot of us, many of us, may find Sabbath difficult in trying to convert it or implement it or somehow institute this perfect ideal of rest into an already full normal life. And that just always feels impossible. Maybe you are one of these people like me, who at times has a perfect sort of ideal of what form of rest should look like, or even what kind of escape we seek. And our circumstances always seem to get in the way, and we just can't seem to do it. And so we keep on with what we know, which is the exhausting grind that can have these mild moments of satisfaction, but at the very least, it's just more familiar to us than the great unknown of stopping. The beauty of what this moment in our lives could be is that our, all our ideals are off the table. Like it's just the game has totally changed. And now we're forced to let go of certain expectations that we've had. There's an opportunity right now to see with new eyes how to live into these practices that breathe life. And I think, and I've been praying, that this would be a new invitation for us as a community to discover afresh how Sabbath can hold us and keep us during this time and beyond. It's like 2020 got off to a bad start and someone just took the whiteboard and erased it all, all our expectations for the year. It's like we get this another shot at learning how to be human again, a chance to recover our life. And in some ways it feels like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but 
uh, I think in my observation, it feels like the, even the internet in a very small dosage is learning to be a kinder place. And it allows us to even now dream of what it is to sort of create this new humanity, to think everything will be different and we'll just get it right this time coming out the other side of this, whenever that is. But I think the same gospel truth remains, that Jesus has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. He is the endless source of love and grace without limit. He is the one reconciling everything to himself. And in this time, we need to be grafted into the one who holds life together. To breathe in his life and then exhale his life into the world. Creating space to find rest in him is our chance to breathe afresh God's presence and receive his promised rest. I think we need to reinvent our expectation of what Sabbath has to be and reinvigorate our hope of what Sabbath could be. Let me, let me close with, with this. Uh, I don't know if this is the case for you, but it certainly was for me that over the last week, two weeks, my inbox has been inundated with getting personal emails from CEOs all across the planet telling me that they are here for me. It's amazing. Like, wow, I never knew Aeroplane cared so much. But I'm pretty sure I only matter to them as far as I am a paying customer to them. And I think we need to know again that God himself is the only one who can say without hesitation or without any kind of asterisks, I am here. I'm not going anywhere. Come to me. It's learning to trust the words in Psalm 46 of be still and know that I am God. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. More, Most of us, I would say, we're actually more busy than bad. And we're being invited into a new way of being. We could just sit idle and wish for things to be over so we can resume life like before. But if we're honest, how many of us want the same version of what life was before? What if there's something more to be had? I came across these words uh, online this week. I'm going to read them for us before I lead us through communion together. It captures the sense of hopefulness of uh, what this moment is and what this moment could become for us. It says, and the people stayed home and read books, and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and grew gardens full of fresh food, and learned new ways of being, and were still, and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently. 
and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they themselves have been healed. A few things to let us know uh, as we go. Uh, I mean, we're not really not going anywhere, but as we depart from each other, um, a reminder that this, uh, what we're trying to offer this morning, um, there's a whole lot more that we want to be able to sort of extend and, and add on in relation to Sabbath and rule of life and these spiritual practices. So you can go right now to the St. Clair website for that resource page and you'll see some stuff there. Uh, and look soon in the days to come for sort of a part two video teaching that will get much more into the uh, nitty gritty of uh, practical ways to live this stuff out. Um, and there are two videos um, for our kids. So families would love for you to engage with that this week today. Um, that was sent out on our email already this morning. Let me uh, send us with a benediction. Um, I'm, I'm very cognizant in this, that in talking about rest, some of us have already known that and tasted that in these last days and couple of weeks because it was handed to us. And some of us uh, long and ache for rest, but we have no or very little opportunity for it because life has gone full steam ahead for the sake of others that some of us have been, uh, our vocational lives, our jobs have put us in places of calling in this moment, in this time to serve others. And I'm um, especially mindful of those who are in the healthcare profession and others that um, are serving those who are particularly vulnerable in this time. So let me come back to the words in Isaiah 30, the words that followed what we read together. God says this, that he will send rain for the seeds that are sown right now in the ground. And that there will come a day when that food comes from the land and is rich and plentiful. And God promises, he says, the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the afflicted. And so there's this tender presence of promise of God to be with us especially if we find ourselves exhausted right now. He promises to be near. I'm going to read a blessing as a prayer, as a way of sending us out. This comes from John O'Donohue. It's written specifically for nurses. And so nurses, would you receive this word? Uh, but I'm going to sort of graciously let it apply for any of us that would find us in the front lines right now um, and trying to care for our communities. John O'Donohue says this, in this fragile frontier place, your kindness becomes a light that consoles the brokenhearted, awakens with, within desperate storms, that oasis of serenity that calls, 
the spirit to rise from beneath the weight of pain, to create a new space in the person's mind where they gain distance from their suffering and begin to see the invitation to integrate and transform it. May you embrace the beauty in what you do and how you stand like a secret angel between the bleak despair of illness and the unquenchable light of spirit that can turn the darkest destiny towards dawn. May you never doubt the gifts you bring. Rather, learn from these frontiers, wisdom for your own heart. May you come to inherit the blessings of your kindness and never be without care and love when winter enters your own life. Sinclair, it's a privilege to be with you this morning. You are loved. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again in all the ways that we are creatively trying to do that. Um, go in peace. <laughs>